Welcome to Crafty Sourcer. If you're looking for a raw, unfiltered podcast on all things sourcing in APAC, you've come to the right place. Grab a coffee or wine and join your host and other guests as we dive deep into the complex and ever-evolving world of sourcing, keeping you informed on insights, tools, and even at times, a healthy sourcing debate or two. Now, here's your host, Denise Pereira from Kaleidosource. Settle in and let's get crafty. Hi, everyone, and we are back with another episode of Crafty Saucer. Today, I talk fractional with Natalie Stones, who is a fractional head of talent and is also the founder of Talent Collective and Talent Refinery in the U.S., for those that are listening, I came across Natalie when she was on Robin Choi's podcast and a lot of what Nat said and is doing with both Talent Collective and Talent Refinery validated a lot of what I was going through my own journey as a woman, you know, going out and doing her own thing. As we know, more and more TA folks are freelancing in different ways because traditional models don't work. So this is a fantastic topic to get into. Let's get into it and let's get crafty. Natalie, I'm so pleased to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Denise. I'm so excited to be here. Now, Nat, you and I have been talking for the past couple of months. So before we get into our chat and talk all things fractional, please, quick intro for our listeners. Who's Natalie? And tell us a bit about your journey from TA into fractional. Sure. So um, I'm Natalie. I'm based in San Francisco Bay Area, um, born and raised up here. And I have a background, uh, 20 plus years in talent acquisition, equal parts agency and um, in-house corporate recruiting. And now a new segment, which is fractional, but I've had experience, you know, running searches and living the agency life um, and supporting primarily startups and small businesses with all of their go-to-market and G&A hiring. And then transitioning into head of talent roles, I worked for two startup companies, two different sizes, and then also a national PEO firm, Insperity. And so now I have pivoted and I run Talent Refinery, which is a fractional recruiting firm. And we embed ourselves in as interim TA leaders to support with strategy projects, um, helping audit your infrastructure. So really focusing a lot on the recruiting operations. And so that's, you know, my day or night job. I don't know which one depends on the day, but my other day job is Talent Collective, which is our nonprofit community for women plus in uh, talent acquisition. Thanks for that, Nat. And we'll obviously get into more about Talent Collective. Uh, I'm a part of the community and I love everything that you all are doing. And congratulations for all the launches that are happening all across the U.S. this year. So now fractional is a new word that I came across in 2023. And obviously, you know, following yourself and a few others, it became a part of my own business and it still is. And um, frankly, here in Australia, I feel that people are either not too aware of what it is or don't know the key differences between a project consultant versus a fractional. So um, in your words, your experience, Nat, can you tell us what is fractional and what is the benefit that you see it bringing to any organization? Mm -hmm. First, I want to validate that your experience with fractional and the nuance of the understanding of it in um, Australia is not uniquely different here in the United States. I'd say there are more of us here, so it's probably going to be 
a movement much faster. However, there is still the ongoing debate of, you know, I'll reach out to a company and they'll say, oh, we're not working with staffing agencies. I don't operate as a staffing agency. I do not work contingent. I am not a consultant that's going to just help you kind of analyze this one project and I'm going to be here for two months um, on somewhat of a temporary contract. I intend to be the ongoing interim support for your talent acquisition function long term, albeit maybe you don't need to hire somebody full time because your business just doesn't warrant it or there's seasonality in your recruiting cycles that do you need a head of talent sitting at a very large salary for years and years and years if there isn't always the consistency in the need of somebody full-time, permanent, plus benefits, plus equity, plus bonus, et cetera. So what I really try to pitch is the value to prospects or clients that I'm talking to is you can turn us off and on when you need it. You can scale up, you can scale down and we are there to fill in any of the gaps that you need um, when you need it and at a fraction of the cost, no pun intended. And I love the scale up, scale down, turn off, turn on sort of analogy around that is because you can definitely see the value to that, right? Because people are becoming more lean in their teams. You know, companies are holding their budgets really tight to their chest right now. So something as a fractional going in, no matter what sort of fractional you are, you can definitely see a lot of benefits as an added value to the company as well, because you're getting an SME in that space who is going to be in your corner for that period of time. Yes, exactly. One other thing I've seen is, and when I was starting on my fractional journey, and I know Nat, you and I have sort of touched on this whenever we've spoken, with fractional, I've noticed it's predominantly started off for execs mm -hmm. or people, is fractional only for execs or is it for people at a level that they feel they can be operating as fractional? Like myself, I'm not an exec, I'll probably be a lead at most, but so tell me what your thoughts on that. There's an ongoing debate about this. So it just depends on kind of who you talk to. My theory is that if you are a subject matter expert in your domain and you are willing to provide your expertise to a variety of clients to meet the need and the gap that they have at that point in time or stage in their business, you can be fractional. Mm -hmm. Albeit, there is also, you know, historically another word for that, which is embedded it can be seen somewhat the same. We are essentially just embedding ourselves into a company to fill an ongoing gap or skill set void. So some will feel, I mean, historically, the fractional title has been at the exec level, but I think that that is changing. And I don't necessarily feel like it has to be just at the senior most leader level, but most fractionals right now are right. You have your fractional CFOs, mm -hmm. fractional CMOs, fractional CHROs. But I think with mm -hmm. the way the economy is and just the shifts in how people hire now or are going to be hiring, like hiring is the way we hire is going to change. And so I think the concept of fractionals just at, you know, the C-suite will not continue to just be at that level. That's an important point that you make there. And I think with the sort of looming question of impact that a fractional exec could come in and do. Obviously, you're scaling up and down, but it's also a matter of trust, right? Because if you only have two people 
uh, one person for two days on site or whatever that might look like, whatever the gig is. It has to start with trust that, you know, they're irrespective of how many days they're going to be there for, they are going to add value and there is going to be impact to, you know, the reason why you brought them in, I'd imagine, because trust is a very big thing. I had someone ask me this, that how do you show trust from the get go with someone who's not used to fractional law, who has not used this model before? Mm -hmm. Um, I have a comment about that. So uh, actually my co-founder of Talent Collective, Krista and I, we um, work together almost half of our agency days together. And we started on the, the temporary and contract division. And um, our desks were used to fill in, filling contract temps all the time, all the time. And the thing that, you know, is very common with temp is I need someone today. I need someone Monday, whatever. And you bring them in and you give them the most minimum training that there is because they're just going to be there temporary. And so we don't need to do like a full onboarding, et cetera. With fractional, for those that see the term as something temporary, that's not what this is. The intention is that if you are going to bring on a fractional, you are going to need to trust, to your point, that person, because the goal is for them to be there ongoing long-term. This is not a temp that you just ramp them up quickly on your systems and they're going to work on this project and they're covering a vacation. This person needs to be onboarded as if they were a new hire. They need to be introduced to the team as if they were a full-time employee and they need to be given the trust and responsibility as if they are leading that role or function if they were working full-time 40 hours a week as a permanent employee on your books. Yeah. I think that in itself speaks a lot of volumes that this is going to become the new norm. And there's a way, there's a place for all of us to do something and excel in it as well. And your point around trust, I think I couldn't have said that any better than you did, Nat. So thanks for sharing that. Let's talk about Talent Collective. Now, I've been a part of it since last year. You launched last year. It's almost going to be a year and you've already achieved so much with the community. I love what it stands for, especially when most fractional communities are at an exec level. So to see a community that you started, which empowers, you know, connects TA women, non-binaries, or those who identify as a woman together is absolutely incredible. Thank you. Let's talk about what you've done and the community you've built since May, 2023. Would love to hear the story behind it. Let's see. Well, how did it come to be is the question we get all the time. Like, why did you start this thing? Well, frankly, I, you know, have been working from home virtually for the past two, three years. And I was just feeling this itch, especially coming out of COVID and all this. I was really feeling an itch to go back to like networking events. And I wanted to go to conferences and I wanted to sign up for like recruiter trainings or whatever. I just wanted to be around recruiters all the time and feel like I was also um, amplifying not only my professional development, but I wanted to be amplifying my network of connections as a good recruiter would do, right? Like that's what they love to do. And so I just searched and searched and searched and there was nothing that was like precisely what I needed. I didn't want to go to a conference in Orlando and have to be, you know, a week away from my kid, but I knew there would be a lot of learnings there, but that conference model didn't quite fit my life. And there wasn't quite the right networking events. There's women in tech, there's women in startups, there's women in business, there's 
women entrepreneurs, but there wasn't anything for women in talent acquisition. So oftentimes I found myself going to those events and I couldn't really get very deep in conversation with them. Um, and they, it always remained surface level. They were great connections to make, but they were always surface general conversations. And I wanted to be chatting with and connecting with people that like knew my life and what I lived and breathed every day. And honestly, I wanted to geek out about like talent intelligence or, you know, did you hear about that layoff at such and such company? Like they probably have some good account executives. We should probably grab them, right? Like getting really in the weeds, talking talent talk. Um, I wanted that. So I, you know, pitched it to Tammy and Krista, like, do you guys want to start this thing with me? Like, I want to own the events part. I like to get out. I want to do things. And I want to, I want to own the social part. And Krista is phenomenal at programming. Um, and Tammy is really good at like speaking and moderating. And so we found our own craft and we built each pillar around what we love. So that's what we created, um, Talent Collective, which offers networking experience. So those are all of our in-person experiences. Then we have our programming, which is all the virtual. So webinars, workshops, partner webinars. And then we have our mentorship part. So those are boardroom peer groups, uh, women in TA that meet monthly. And then we also have our mentorship program. So you can either um, go onto our platform and self-service, like find a peer that you want to do peer coaching with, or you can do a traditional mentorship, find someone senior and engage in a mentor relationship. So that's how we came to be is we just created something around what we wanted and we felt there was a gap in the market. I love that the three of you got together, sort of figured out not just your what your individual values are, how that sort of aligns, but also playing on each of your strengths and weaknesses and how y'all can sort of cross-pollinate that mm -hmm. across the group. Now, I love the fact that it's women only or non-binary. Mm -hmm. Any specific reason why it's only women only and not open to any other genders at this stage? Yes, we debated the topic for a while actually, um, because we have some amazing men in recruiting that we're friends with, coworkers with, networked with, but we felt like it just, it will change the dynamic. Um, not for good, bad, otherwise, it just changes the dy dy dynamic. And in some cases, we wanted to offer things that are very unique to women, like extra special things like women in finance and really how to be empowered to think financially, being working mom in recruiting, you know, like things that just wouldn't resonate with men in a community. So we opted to just focus on women plus, um, but we were very passionate about also ensuring that those men in our networks were leveraged as allies um, and could still be involved in some way. So the ways that we do that is they are speakers, they are workshop facilitators, they are sponsors, um, and they're just brand ambassadors and advocates for the community. And um, we equally spend time throughout the week really cultivating those relationships as much as we are cultivating new member relationships because we want the men to help contribute to the community. 
Um, but we just opted to keep the space unique and kind of private to Women Plus. And even though the Talent Collective is not purely a fractional community, okay. right? So you'll have a mix of women in there. Is that right? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. A mix. Um, yeah. We have kind of three subsets of member profiles. We have your TA leadership. So global TA leaders, heads of talent, recruiting directors, frontline recruiting managers. We have then your um, individual contributors. So your corporate recruiters, your agency recruiters, rec ops specialists. And then we have our kind of outsourced partner type of group. So those would be fractional recruiters like our firm, embedded recruiting firms like our co-founder, Tammy. Um, and there are a bunch of other just solopreneur fractionals that are in there or staffing agency. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or staffing agency founders and owners. Um, so those are the three biggest bulk groups that have evolved throughout the community. And we're up to almost 275 now. So there's a lot of uh, variety within the group. Wow. And also there's a lot of expansions happening in the back end as well. And hopefully we might even see something outside of the U.S. at some stage. Yes, Who knows? yes, we hope so. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> Excellent. And the thing I love about Talent Collective is that there's something for everyone in there. Like, you know, I'll make it a point that to jump into the community at least once a day and just check out what's happening. Like you had Jerry Crispin recently <laughs> as part of Krista Tagney and that. So I've got that to watch as well. <laughs> now, I'm sure everything that you've built so far hasn't come without its challenges, its tears and joys. You know, it's it's not even a year, but you still achieve so much that for you personally, what's been the most rewarding and challenging thing about being fractional and also starting a community mm -hmm. at the same time? The biggest value of being fractional is that I get to determine my career lifestyle portfolio of companies. So right now we have about four fractional clients and I'm able to still keep a pulse on recruiting and stay relevant in recruiting, but it allows me the flexibility to still work on this, which is, you know, my passion project, which has become much more than a project. <laughs> it's become my life, but that's the benefit of fractionals. It's flexible and it, it puts you as the fractional in a position to craft your own career, you get to pick your clients. It's like agency life, except you get paid on retainer and you get to pick who your clients are. You get paid up front. You get paid for your time and value while working on a variety of clients and, and recs. So that's, that's the best part is the variety. Um, the biggest challenge is honestly being able to grow as fast as the community wants it while also trying to create scalability. And what I mean by that is three months ago, we've been doing this since June 15th of last year. So we're in month seven and early on, we're like, we want to expand in New York and Chicago and all these cities. We had them on our roadmap, but you know, it was kind of like, we'll get to them when the time's right. Maybe, you know, we'll launch one or two communities a year. But then the community started coming to us saying, can we launch in Toronto? Can we run a community for you in Austin, Denver, New York, 
we have like several more that are coming and it's because they've come to us and they, they want and are craving the communities there and we want to make that happen for them. So it's this like chicken and the egg is the most challenging thing right now is there's only so much bandwidth <laughs> and time and resources. And so we're trying to bring the communities to other major metropolitan areas as quick as we can while making sure that they're stable and scalable and that they're not just like fly by night, one hit wonder type of events type of thing. And I think there's proof in the pudding, right? Like you said, you've had people come to you instead of y'all having to go out, which is there is a need. There's more of a need for this now more than ever, to be honest with, you know, whatever's happening around the world and, you know, with people losing their jobs, just having that support system as well, just that there are people that are going through similar things that we can actually, you know, sort of leverage off one another, our connections are the communities that we are part of yeah, and do something for one another. And I think what, what you and Krista and Tammy have built is proof of that. I know for a fact, I came to you as well when I first heard your podcast and I was like, wow, this is going to be the new norm. This is a thing and it absolutely needs to be talked about more. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why I had reached out to you and I was like, oh, can let's have a chat. Let's have a chat and see if there's something we can do together as well. Mm -hmm. And you've been very, very approachable, very forthcoming with information. Like, you know, sometimes people are a little protective. I don't know if I want to just give my IP out just yet, but you've been very approachable in, in that sense. It's been great. Thank you for that, uh, that comment. I appreciate it. What is one piece of advice you wish someone had given you before you considered the fractional path? Ooh, um, Robin Choi asked me a very similar question. And um, after that podcast, I got quite a bit of outreach from recruiters based on this comment, which is if you are not a natural salesperson or not comfortable with sales, marketing, business development, whatever you want to call it, but putting yourself out there, pa even past your own personal network, um, it might not be the right avenue for you because while the beauty of it is that you get to, you know, ramp up and down on your client portfolio and, and the, the opportunities, the engagements that you're working on, you always have to be backfilling, you know, you could lose one client. The beauty of that is if you lose one client, let's just say they go out of business, you have a couple of other clients. So your whole income is not, you know, crushed by this one client that left, but now you have an open spot of another engagement. So you always need to be proactively networking, doing business development, having those coffee connections, um, doing your outreach, not in a spammy way, but you need to put yourself out there and you have to be consistent with it. Otherwise, you know, the inconsistency is going to catch up to you when you do have a gap and you're like, oh man, I, I'm ready to take on another client, but I don't have anybody in my pipeline that I was, you know, having conversations with to kind of brand my business and the things that I offer. I can actually attest to that because when I heard your um, podcast with Robin and you did say that exactly what you just said, at that point in time, I was not doing enough of BD sales because as a recruiter and a sourcer, when you work your nine to five, the company's already got a brand. So you don't have, you, you do a part of selling, you don't have to do all of it. But now that you've got your own brand, like it's your own brand, your own reputation, your own company that's on the line, it's like, 
oh my God, where do I start? And I remember I reached out to you and I said, can we please have a chat? Because I didn't know what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong. But when you said what you said on Robin's podcast, it just kind of said to me, you have to do this, whether you like it or not. And you're right. Once you bypass that sort of uncomfortableness of doing it, Mm -hmm. it actually becomes something as part of your day-to-day as well. And you're right about consistency. You're right about the coffee catch-ups. We have to also start with not looking at it as this is going to be a sale immediately because I know I've been talking to people for the past almost a year and now slowly, slowly, those conversations are bearing fruit that something's going to happen this year with it. Especially in a market like this where, you know, recruiting is just challenged in general, you almost have to double down on it because you don't know when that recruiting momentum and hiring momentum is going to come back. Exactly. That's really, really valuable piece of advice. Last question from me, Nat, and moving forward, do you see fractional becoming the new norm? Yes, I sure hope so. (laughs) I think um, it's a no-brainer for companies, albeit if you're a large enterprise organization like a Coca-Cola, you can't, you know, staff a Mm. whole organization with fractionals, but organizations like that leverage fractionals when they have, you know, strategic initiatives or expansion projects. It's not to say that enterprise companies can't use it, but specifically fractional is an amazing benefit for startups up to mid-sized companies, especially when you're in like maybe C to series B, you could really benefit from you know, saving your runway and not burning through your cash by hiring fractionally, get the expertise you need Mm -hmm. and ramp into it. So I hope it's the way of the future. I think it is. We just need to get the understanding and the definition of it out there more. Natalie, we've come to time. So thank you so much for all your insights, your contribution to the community. And I am so looking forward to all the other launches happening hopefully something in Australia down the line as well. So everybody stay tuned. Once again, thank you for joining us on the podcast and everyone stay crafty. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. And we'll be back next week with another exciting episode. If you found this valuable, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, happy sourcing and stay crafty. Until next time.